This week, the number one show on Netflix was Afterlife of the Party. <laughs> hey, Justin. <laughs> yes, Dave? Why are people watching this? I don't know, Dave, but let's figure it out. Okie dokie. Okay, it's just the two of us in studio today, Dave. Yeah, just the two of us, thankfully. And I've made a vow before I've, we started oh, this recording to yeah. be positive in yep. today's recording we discussed this before we started recording we did i, I don't want to crap all over everybody's attempt at making art okay but i'm troubled that you chose this particular <laughs> show to be positive well, about let's and see if i can do it it's i think challenge. it's going to be a su- super challenge <laughs> okay yeah i mean amazing good uh, good on you though thanks man we'll good see how it you. goes I, I had some wine earlier I, I i'll be okay okay well i'll just have to be once again the voice of disdain and negativity. Perfect. Yang anyway, yang. here's nope. here's the official. You want to hear the official Netflix synopsis? Let's see. Let's hear it. Okay. Cassie lives to party until she dies in a freak accident. <laughs> now this social butterfly needs to right her wrongs on Earth if she wants to earn her wings. Yeah. God, it yeah. sounds awful when it just doesn't sound. Oh no no no! It, I'm being negative already. <laughs> I'm I mean, not that a, excited by that description. It's a fabulous premise for all kinds of wonderful things to happen. Yeah, I've never heard of a premise like this before. No. That, what a novel premise. No, that's me being sarcastic. That doesn't count either. All right, Dave. I know you whipped off a quick synopsis, so let's hear it. Give me your synopsis. I need your synopsis. Give me your synopsis. I need your synopsis now. Yeah, I forgot to write one. So in the 10 seconds I had before the recording, this is what I wrote. <clears throat> Have you ever wondered what happens when we die? Well, it turns out that we must prove our worth to a vengeful God who gives us an arbitrary time frame in which to execute meaningless tasks. Then and only then do you get to go to heaven where you can spend eternity boning your YouTube crush. Whoa. <laughs> Boy, out of the gate, that's not super positive. I'm going to... You were negative on the ontology of this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's I have ontological issues with this. That's, right. So yeah. the the acting is fine, but the ontological <laughs> structure on which this is based. Literally, most of what I have to say is about the mechanics of the Judeo-Christian world. So let's um, <laughs> okay. Let's let's hear your synopsis. All right. <clears throat> Are you a fan of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, but always wished Ebenezer Scrooge was a loud party girl? And that he actually died in the end, in spite of his redemptive actions. Well, you're in for a treat. Puzzles, paleontology, and parental neglect are all showcased in this cautionary tale about the importance of always fastening your towel racks to studs. (laughs) I I knew construction would come into this at some point. Yeah. Yeah, that towel rack was just right in the drywall with like a real short screw. Yeah, that was an unnecessary death right off the beginning. We could have avoided this whole movie. I was really... Di- I That death was hard to watch. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't... Like, I didn't... I, I knew she was going to die, because that's the premise of the thing. Yeah. But I thought she was going to, like, die in a comical way, not a pretty sad and graphic way. Yeah. Right? I know, I know. We're going to have to get into this, because there's, uh, yeah. there's some issues with that that... All right, Lemmer, I don't want well. to tip my hat here. Okay. All right, th- this... This, this was okay, I guess. This was okay, I guess. Could have been a lot better, but also worse. 
Right, so positive things. Now, like I said, I'm trying to be positive, so I have a bunch of nice things to say right now. Okay. What about you? Do you have fewer? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wrap myself in a nice fuzzy blanket and All put right. on some warm slippers All and right. just listen to you. You know what? I'll put some you know, I'll edit some nice music into this as I say nice things. Okay. So, and maybe a crackling fireside. Okay. Sit up tip of the fireside, Dave, as All I right, give I've you I've got a snifter of bubble water okay. with me. I'll, oh, I'll grab this wine glass. You hear that sound? Here yeah. we go. First of all, the actor who plays the best friend, Lisa, Midori Francis, that's her name. Mm-hmm. She's from the Netflix Christmas movie that I saw called Dash and Lily. Did you, did you see that? Dash and Lily. I think I read that book. Yes, it was a book. That's right. Yeah, I read the book. Didn't yeah. see the movie. The mo- I, I liked her in that because I, I, it's about books and stuff. So I've yeah. already, it is about that big bookstore in New York. I thought it was cool. Um, I thought she was good. I think she's a good actor. Um, and so I liked her okay. in that role. So there you go. I like the fact that they said at some point the phrase that we talked about earlier, you and I, just before we started recording, marsupial fossil teeth. Yeah. It was fun. They used words I like, Dave. Yeah. Um, the other girl had no idea what those were. But No. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. is confusing. Like, yeah. it's very... Schooling isn't very important in the United States, not. apparently. Um, I, they, there was a Japanese toilet in this movie, Dave there was did you see that i had did that you? on my list as the thing one of the things i really liked i liked the fact that it played a song because i didn't know that was an option because oh. now i'm feeling like mine i thought i got the fully loaded one. Oh the, no we only like i you and i have similar make and models i think yeah. but no we didn't go full out because you get ones that not only play songs they like they play sounds to cover up your pee pee poo poo sounds you know like they, they wow. have like a like either a song or, or the sounds of flushing, even though you don't flush, so you don't waste water okay. to cover up uh, rude sounds. Okay, because my mind immediately went to, I wonder if you could program it to make even louder pee-pee, poo-poo sounds, you know? Yeah, like maybe for horrible. comedic effect. Yeah, like for when you have guests <laughs> over and they're in there trying to discreetly, you know... And they press the bidet button and it just goes... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but there was a Japanese toilet in that. I thought it was great. Yeah, that's the first time I've seen, except the last time a uh, film we saw a couple weeks ago where they mocked japanese toiletry yeah finally one comes back these zoomers get it these guys yeah, got it although this one was hard enough to kill this woman so yeah that, she I died guess. on a japanese she hit her head in a japanese toilet and died that's sad it is yeah it played uh, a jaunty little tune though well she died yeah yeah i don't know if that's ironic or just extra sad um <laughs> there was that ugh, again there was piper remember piper the the new roommate Yes. Who walks in? They're like, "Hey, Piper, how are you? Are you okay?" And she says, "No," and then leaves. Yeah. And they make fun of her. And I thought Piper again. I always sympathize with the outcasts, and I don't know why these movies keep keep making fun of these outcast people. Right. Because this it, the other movie too. There was a girl with like a goth girl, with like a shaved head, and they, yes, she was the yes. butt of a joke. And this Piper girl, also the butt of a joke, never comes back again. But I liked her. I'm like, I want to see more. Doesn't she, the ghost girl, appear in Piper's room while she's sleeping and look around and say like gamer much or something like that? She or? makes, she mocks her. Yeah. yeah. She comes back from heaven with all the wisdom of the afterlife and just makes fun of this poor girl in her blue hair. Yeah, but yet the boy that they're all interested in next door is like oh, a, oh, ga- a game soundtrack designer. And he's on my him. list. Max composes music for c- computer games. Yeah. I like that guy. Yeah. Um, okay. I also like that uh, when she was talking to her m- mom, like when the friend went and talked to the mom, she's standing there. I thought that actually was not a bad scene. Like I thought like they acted well and mm-hmm. like it was pretty compelling. Um, and then in the very, very end, when she materializes in front of her dad while singing, 
right? That actually <clears throat> felt like a, like the whole movie up until that point was just sort of blah, like uh, emotionally and tonally. But that felt like a real scene from a real movie that like was good. Okay. For just a second. So I like that. And I do like the fact that it ends with her just like being able to bone her crush in heaven forever. Like that's, yeah. that's a comedic and interesting ending. Um, oh man, that's, that's it. I thought it was a longer, oh, I have one <laughs> thing I need to say. This I had to get off my chest. I don't know if this should be in the okay, I guess section. This should be in the, I'm having a personal life crisis. Maybe we need a new segment. It's okay. called Justin's having a personal life crisis. Justin's personal life crisis, yeah! Okay, uh, hopefully I wrote a, a song for this. <laughs> they, at some point, the dad is talking to the ex-wife, and he says, he says about his lifestyle, and she's like, you're doing good, you're doing well, like your house looks good, or whatever. And he's like, I also joked about becoming a drummer and starting an 80s cover band. He says, "Yes," and they're like, "Ha ha ha! Good thing you didn't do that. That's for idiots. aren't you in an '80s cover band?" Dave, I bought a drum set this summer <laughs> because I had the thought I want to become a drummer in an '80s cover. And I'm band. like, you know what? I should start as an '80s cover band. <laughs> I had this literal, exact thought that they're first of all, is this a common thought for people in our demographic? I think I think we're all just pining for yeah, back in our youth when we had dreams and hopes. So I'm a, I'm a cliche. Am I a cliche? Did this movie deflate your dream? Yeah, because I thought I'm oh, not Justin, joking. That's a sad, sad thing. I but I honestly thought this was a cool idea. I'm like, this is cool, man. I'm gonna play the drums, and there's nothing weird about that. This is just plain cool. And then I start an '80s cover band, and everyone's gonna love it, and it's gonna be awesome. And I didn't think that was ironic or problematic or, or, or sad or a midlife crisis. I thought this was a cool thing. Well, listen, and now, as your friend, I'm just going to sit you down and say, don't let this lame-ass movie's attempt at trying to make comedic lines deflate your dream. Because it is cool. Starting no, an 80s cover band. For everybody out there, starting an 80s cover band and being a drummer is the coolest thing you could do. Do but the fact that you're telling me this makes me question it even more. <laughs> because you're in the same demographic. If we both think it's cool, it can't be cool. It was literally the butt of a joke in this movie. And my whole life is a joke, Dave. Yeah, but I'm who's having... going who's gonna to go see the 80s cover band? I would go see you in an 80s cover band. It would it's just be all... me and a bunch of other middle-aged dudes. Exactly. In the audience and in the band. That's not a problematic fan base at all. <laughs> at least we've got more money than when we were 20 so you can leave me like or buy me a drink yeah or i bet you get a nice drum set you didn't get some cheap ass but i honestly drum set. I, I when i heard him say that it it broke my heart because i'm like i knew they were making fun of this guy and right. i'm like this is literally this is literally me i am a joke of a human being wow <sighs> i'm sorry that happened to you i almost bought a second electronic drum uh, drum set so i could practice it yeah, I'm almost about two drum sets. Wow. This is this is how pathetic apparently I am. Anyway, thanks, movie. This was okay, I guess. <laughs> You've crushed my dreams in my life, and I'm sad and closer to death now. Wow. Okay, no, Dave. You, you were going great guns there for a while, uh, and then it just trailed existential off. Existential crisis. What about you? What did you think was okay? Uh, I like that she died. <laughs> um, now stick with me for a minute I like that she died because I thought okay when this started it was going to be one of these redemption okay. movies where she wakes up at the oh, end she's and it was back oh, in I her just body. got knocked unconscious my head hit the toilet and it was all a dream it was like because I was thinking Ebenezer yeah. Scrooge I was thinking you know because that's basically this whole thing is go redeem yourself redeem your relationships value your life more yeah. get a perspective on things that you didn't have and then suddenly your life goes on 
much better when you come back. She didn't. She died. Yep. Died. <laughs> just flat out died. So I like I like that twist because I was expecting the Hollywood ending. Yeah. And there was sort of a Hollywood ending, but also not, you know, because she was dead. I mean, this is a tragic, horrible thing. She She's a young woman. She died. Yeah. She's a beautiful young woman. Suddenly her life is taken away from her for some stupid, poorly uh, installed the old tower rack. Tower yeah. rack. <laughs> not even electric tower rack. Anyway, so I did like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I liked the nod at the end to, you know, when the dad starts singing God Only Knows from the yep. Beach Boys. Yeah. Because as soon as that happened, I kind of got all wistful and thoughtful about Love Actually, which in oh. my opinion is one of the best ensemble feel-good movie pieces ever made. And it features a drummer. It features a drummer. It features <laughs> Liam Neeson. It features... It just... It's so good. We watch it every Christmas. You it's do our, not. Most people watch like It's a Wonderful Life. We watch Love Actually. I, I don't want to litigate Love Actually, but I may hate it. And we oh, can talk about this well, afterwards. you, my friend, are going to hate this. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? So, I, then, so then I get off... On, oh, no. Then I get off and I had to just pause the movie and then just start going on watching YouTube videos about excerpts from Love Actually. Oh, no. And then because... It was so close to the anniversary of 9-11. It's like, oh, well, this really sparked. Oh, I, I never remembered this, but then I listened to this on YouTube. So I'm going to do this in the voice of uh, Hugh Grant, if you don't mind. What are you doing? This thing that you printed out? No, this is just me. You're this just reading you, a thing. Yeah, you don't have anything to do with this. You're oh, just gonna thank sit God. Listen, you're going to sit and listen and, I'm gonna listen and, you be and Hugh litigate Grant. or whatever it is you're trying to do over there. <laughs> I will judge your performance. Go. What do you got? Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinion starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed, but I don't see that. It seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look at it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love, actually, is all around. Did you write that or was that from the movie? That's from the movie. It's the opening monologue from Hugh Grant. They mentioned the Twin Towers in the open monolo- opening monologue? Yeah, and it starts in an airport, and it's like real footage of people at Heathrow Airport like coming... And greeting each other and hugging. It's very moving. It's very, very moving, I find. Anyway. Dave, you, what's <coughs> happening? What just happened? You just came in here and read a, a monologue from Love, actually, like you're trying out for a, 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 a community theater play. Yeah. And, and, and brought, like, gravitas and emotion and, and mentioned the, 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 the Twin Towers. See, I, this is what I mean. This movie may have been absolute garbage, but it sparked in me an interest in another movie that made me feel good. So okay. this is why this was good. Well, you know, the scene that sparked off this this very emotional Hugh Grant, uh, 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 whatever just happened here, yeah. um, was the scene that I liked, which was yeah. the dad. Like, See what I mean? Like, that was a good scene in this and, movie. And to be fair... I was thinking, oh, uh, that song, God Only Knows, is playing in the background, but not in this opening scene when okay. Hugh Grant is doing the talking. But in the end, they go back to Heathrow Airport okay. to close the loop. Yep. People are coming in, and, and these are now people that you've seen their whole uh, story play out. They're coming in through the arrivals gate, and they're greeting each other, and there's like all kinds of people like in their relationships are coming back together again. 
but that song is playing in the background and it's it's quite it's beautiful it's a beautiful it be- movie although it, it has the most heartbreaking scene in the history of any movie which was on in emma thompson yes realizes that her uh, that what's his name um her husband snape yeah that's right <laughs> snape she realizes that snape is having an affair yeah and bought the bought the the whatever the jewelry for the other woman but my it's god so the, heartbreaking. but my god the acting though but, oh but Emma thompson can do anything she's amazing we already know i don't want to see her suffer she pulls herself together she's listening to like um oh, her, her new heartbreaking al- her, her new album that her husband got her like uh joni mitchell joni mitchell and she pulls herself together first of all why do i know all these things you watch it every year and I, she goes because it it made an imprint on you clearly apparently. i mean this was like what is this movie 20 years i haven't old seen this in a decade and i'm banging was, out plot points i know anyway brilliant movie anyway that has uh, absolutely nothing to do with this movie what are we talking about <laughs> what has happened okay i'll just stop making out. me feel things okay i got a little weepy there so i'm just i'm gonna pull myself together <laughs> okay. um so the other thing i liked about this okay. uh you know the one thing oddly enough that heaven grants you is the ability to change your wardrobe every day yeah yes and what I, the- <laughs> I like the fact that, that you know, so her first time out of the gate, she chooses this ridiculous, over-the-top, like, mirror, sparkly dress, yeah. and, like, stiletto heels, like, in total, like, her superficial party girl mode. Yeah. But then by the end of the film, she's starting to wear a more, like, normal, kind of comfortable. Yeah. And, she's, and you realize, okay, well, this is the only way this movie can tell us that this girl is coming she into knows. her self, you know? She's starting to become less of a materialistic huh yeah i didn't even think about it but you're totally right they did tell a whole story through wardrobe there yeah i like i like that i thought that was clever okay um and of course again uh touch back to the toilet seat to play the song which now Mm -hmm. i have to upgrade my toilet seat. yeah well that's product placement there you go oh product placement i got a lot to say about that later on yeah Anyway, um, anyway, so do you have anything else to say positive about this? Nope. I know, I know, today is just in positivity day, but it's just in positivity slash existential crisis slash now you're making me sad for Emma Thompson day. Yeah, well, you, you should be sad for Emma Thompson because that was crushing. It was crushing, and I'm even more crushed now. You know what? I've had it. Just in yeah. positivity day is over. Okay, well, that's the timing is perfect because <laughs> we're about to move on to grumbles and gripes. Dave and Justin's grumbles and gripes. Good. I got two pages ready to go. <laughs> All right. Fire away. All right. I don't even know where to start. Um, is the main character, like, by the end of the movie, the main character is kind of likable, and she's doing a better job acting. I feel like um, in, when she's being this party girl person who's just shallow and not even villainous and shallow, like, I don't know how I felt, felt about her. She just felt like a boring shell of a character. Yes. Uh, and I didn't like that. But by the end, when she's emoting and acting like a human, she you could see the actor was doing a having an easier time acting the role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't I didn't think they set her up to be bad enough in the beginning, if you know what I mean. No, not really. Yeah. Even even the kerfuffle between her and her best friend was more of like a misunderstanding than like a than a real th- yeah a relationship ending battle royal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and here's a general feeling I had like. Production-wise, this felt like a, a Hallmark movie a little bit. Yes. Like there wasn't a ton of money sunk into it. Like they were they were on like um, a soundstage. It was all these sets, and so they didn't cycle between very many locations and sets. And yeah, and there was a constantly like a, a music in the background, like in a Hallmark film, telling you how to feel. Like you know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't great 
a great score and it was because it was constant it made it feel like a made for tv movie almost yeah and then i thought about in a way this is a made for tv movie this is netflix making a movie sinking some money in but not a huge blockbuster yeah and i'm like oh uh, is this what like you remember made for tv movies from like the 80s and 90s oh yeah and like maybe this is the modern equivalent of that this is just content. This is just content. Someone just fill. cranked out a content. They're not trying to win an Oscar. No. And they're not spending billions of dollars on it. They're just trying to make a cheap movie. And she's from that... I think the the main actor is from that kind of iCarly kind of... Yeah. The family TV type show. Like, that's her history. So, so this Dave, felt like that to me, too. Now... I have so many things to say, but I'm just going to get into the mechanics issue. Uh, yes, of course. We need to discuss that. So l- a normal situation would involve someone being in this limbo area, mm-hmm. and then they're being sent back to get closure on a relationship. And they wouldn't be able to be seen by the person that they're... Right? Because like, the fact that she, she sings a song and then materializes and her friend can see her yes. is an aberration. Like That's not normally how it works. No. Um, so normally what happens is they can't be seen. So how the hell are you supposed to get closure if you cannot be seen or heard or affect the world? That is a good question. Right? And why is it on a timeline? Why is it on a timeline? And why? where has she been for the past year is another question. Yes, because she pops in and out of that room all the time, but time doesn't change, doesn't accelerate when she's there because she can go in and out in real time. Only the first year is missing yeah so somewhere she's been in another previous limbo for a year right so she's died and a year has passed and then suddenly she wakes up yeah so so that doesn't match up but like i'm honestly question okay explain to me could these ghosts these limbo ghosts can they move things in the real world how what is their relationship to material items because the the main character can move puzzle pieces. She sits on the bed. She walks on floors. She rearranges the yoga thing oh, for yeah. her dad. Like <laughs> so, she can affect like a poltergeist. She can grab everything yeah. and move it around. Right? Is, is that, that no- is that because she's special though? Is that because she's special, or is that what a normal ghost could do? It seems like she's an aberration. Yeah. Okay. So how would a normal ghost affect anything to get closure? I don't understand the premise. I don't know unless. The idea is that that's just a further punishment, <laughs> that actually that is the hell. You're sent yeah. back to Earth you, to try and affect change. And, and you, you have And you have no, and you just have to watch these things unfold and you're completely helpless. Yeah. And there's so many things they don't address about the mechanics of this ghost person who's moving materials around. Mm-hmm. First of all, if, if I came into my office and it was fully rearranged, I'd be like, <laughs> what the fuck has happened, right? I would freak out if there's no explanation for that. And I would assume I'd been robbed or like, or, or like there's an evil poltergeist spirit. I would not be casually like the dad is like, oh, I get this message. I'm going to go sit and do yoga now. Thanks, Cassie. He's no, man. Th- he's done so much ayahuasca and meditating that he is Seems completely normal. at ease with all of this shit happening. Yeah. It, it, nothing phased him at all that n- happened. Nothing phases anybody about the fact <laughs> that there's a poltergeist moving things around, right? It's crazy. And at one point, she picks up a, a book because she's going to bring that book that she steals and like she's not actually there so that book is just floating in the air but the guy doesn't see it 
Right. Right. And, and she but, hands it to a girl who seems to see her. Which is weird. Yeah. But but the other guy, if he had looked over in that moment because she's invisible, <laughs> it'd just be a book floating and he would have crapped it. That's terrible. <laughs> is this a horror movie? They didn't address the fact that it's a horror movie. She it could, could very well have been a horror movie if it was shot a little just slightly differently. Oh, you could I feel like you could make a cut of this movie that's just a, a horror. Yeah, just change the soundtrack, darken darken the lens down a little. Yeah. And, yeah. Because there. There was so much about the thing is like I'm watching a movie where I'm just not supposed to ask these questions about how how the material world interacts with this ghost person. Mm-hmm. And yet that's the premise of the movie, but I'm supposed to just ignore it to watch a bunch of scenes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I agree. And and that was such a clunky uh explata- explanatory scene where she wakes up and then they're trying to get all this information in. And then at one point the her handler goes, well, "I should just give you a pamphlet." And I'm like, Fuck yes, give us a pamphlet. Give me a pamphlet. Explain we... <laughs> anything to us, yeah. Uh, there's another thing. I mean, I could go on and on and on with these things, but there's another thing about the world building which confused me, which is Cassie goes back to the angel lady in limbo or wherever mm-hmm. and, is, and is like, I don't know. Which, oh, this is after the big fight with her friend, which is completely arbitrary, by the way. They fought because it's the end of the second act. They had to put in this big fight scene for yes. no reason out of nothing. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, if you will leave now, you'll undo everything you've done. Poof, it'll be gone. And I'm like, what? What? What do you mean? It'll be, like, <laughs> time will be reset? Or what is what is being undone? I don't know. I, I was like, I honestly don't know what that meant. But it was the either. major plot yeah. point for the third act. And I'm like, what? Yeah, it was a driver. I was like, I was more questioning it at the entire third act. It was like, what would have been undone? Like, the fact that she had any interaction with these people would right. be undone? Right. Like, that these, she, because she hadn't really repaired. Because the names anything. are still on the thing. Nothing has changed. Yeah. So, what's being undone? Yeah. Maybe I don't that would have been the, the path to take, and maybe her death would have been undone as well. She could have just been like, that was like the loophole Again, they gave it's, her. It was in the pamphlet that they didn't show us. Yeah. God damn it. I wish I had that pamphlet. That uh, would have been so helpful. I could go on and on and on and on, but you go ahead and just... Um, well, I just have, since we're on that topic, I have another note. So she's getting the whole explanation, the rundown of, yeah. of you know, not at all freaked out that she's dead. She just wants to know the mechanics of the the world she's in yeah not at all yeah totally accepts it just is like yeah okay well this is all right here i am um the her handler goes she says the afterlife is just like one long spa day if you're one of the lucky ones it can last for eternity i'm like so so now are we talking about and you're talking about judeo-christian things now are we talking about like a uh, heavenly reward system that's based entirely on luck in which case, our behavior down here makes no difference. <laughs> if luck is if luck is the only driving thing, like towards eternal happiness or eternal damnation, where is the motivation to be good, uh, or to be a moral being at all? But that can't be the situation. Like, but because she's being judged, there's a committee or something. Yeah, but she said one of the lucky ones. But I'm like, you mean lucky, like you actually complete your mission? Which seems like a completely arbitrary mission. Which isn't to begin lucky with. at all. Or maybe maybe you get into heaven and then like there's just a random lottery for some of you get to live for eternity, but some of you wink out of existence after a year. Yeah. Like it's it, a tiered system when you're in heaven. And it, just that language, like it's just like one long spa day. Like that's Oh my god, that's it sounds like hell. It's well it's appealing to people that you know, for that for the, a person a spa day. Yeah. But you know, spa day is special 
because it's a break from the routine. But now if you make the spa day the routine, that to me sounds like its own personal hell. Exactly exactly what I mean. But yeah. this goes into this sort of Judeo-Christian problem of eternal heaven. Like yeah. if you retain your memories every day of the things you've done before, you would go insane after a few decades of just doing the same thing. Oh, 100%. Right. So I don't, like there's some, there. Ha- anyway, I don't want to get into the mechanisms of heaven, but I do have this question. Yes. At some point, Lisa... Um, is like, oh, I don't see you. I'm having an episode or whatever. And Cassie manages to convince her that uh, she's real at some point in the apartment. Yes. And I don't remember exactly what she says, but she, it, there's a moment when, when she switches from thinking that Cassie's an illusion to realizing Cassie's actually standing in front of her. Right. And there is no like beat or moment of all. She just is like, oh, okay. And then goes over and grabs like some stuff and, and starts showing her like, oh, here's some letters I found of yours. There's no questions about the afterlife. No, like, the she, questions like, I would have. The questions would have been occupied this entire movie. Yeah, like if I have like if a dead friend of mine showed up in that chair right now, Dave, and was yes. like, Ooh, hey, guess what? I'm an angel and I've been dead for a while, I'd be like, What I would just have a <laughs> hundred thousand years of of questions about how the world works. You're a curious person. Maybe these aren't curious people. She, she didn't even break she didn't even pause she's just no. like oh hi cassie nice to see- oh you're an angel now great let me show let's you some pu- let's ma- make let's finish the puzzle let, let's do a puzzle <laughs> no questions not interested about the afterlife why what can, no can i just n- nudge in here with a question about their friendship uh-huh i i i, I consider myself a friend of yours and, and i am infinitely curious about what's going on in your life sure what you do like Uh the the things that and they're not things that i'm familiar with but i'm very curious about them because i'm curious about you sure and i like you like a normal person friendship they set this friendship up almost straight from the beginning they start talking about oh we've been friends since we were six the other girl doesn't even know what the other girl does what lisa does yeah she's like what do i do all day she's like i don't know yeah like i don't know dig in the dirt whatever i think that's just i don't think it has to do with the quality of the relationship as the stupidity of cassie i think she's an idiot okay but then that also begs the question why is this intelligent smart driven girl such close friends with this other girl who Who doesn't who, who doesn't really care about her feelings apparently like they seem like the cassie girl could really care less about the other girl's feelings in a lot of ways at the beginning yeah. anyway when they set up as a party girl i don't know i was questioning their friendship it didn't seem like it made any sense to no, me No, you're right about but th- at the same time like if she had been like like i was saying like she wasn't villainous enough like she was too um she was just sort of like a shallow person but not bad yeah but if she had been bad then the, then it would really beg the question of why is lisa friends with her at all so they had to set her up as okay it's just sort of <laughs> yeah okay kind of lame a lame yeah, friend i guess i i don't know dave i don't know but the I whole have, movie have, hinged on that i have another question for you Justin. Right, okay Jeez. let's let's just say you and i were best friends since we were six can you be the one who dies in this scenario and i died tragically and unexpectedly in the on apartment toilet that, in the apartment that we were renting would you continue to live in that apartment and uh, walk into the bathroom every day and look at the police outline on the, the floor of where they found my uh, fro- my my stiff corpse? Well, you, well, I mean, I don't know what I'm doing for work in this scenario, but I might not have a lot of housing options. So the thing I would do would be to replace the toilet seat that killed you. At least I would, and maybe put some paint on the wall. 
That's what I would do for you, Dave. Wow. <laughs> to commemorate you. Oh, I'd, I'd hang a picture. You know what I'd do? I'd hang an ironic picture of you over the toilet. Wow. Looking I, confused. I have a hard time believing I would want to stay in this apartment. <laughs> it's like my best friend just died a uh, horrible, tragic, unexpected death here. I can't be in this space anymore. I just can't deal with the grief. I know what you mean. But I know what you mean. I wonder about these questions uh, too. Like, what if like, what if you if you died in this room right now? What would I do? Would I just like close the door and never come back because of the spirit of Dave? Well, you'd have to. Your all your computers here, so I I'd, I'd be okay with you coming back to like your files and stuff. <laughs> I wouldn't come back and haunt you because you you, you were back uh, desecrating the place that I passed away in. All right, well, yeah. Anyway, no, it's I just, a good question. I, I just felt a little concerned about that. Is all. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more short things for me here. The, it seemed like the biggest issue she had of all these issues. I mean, her friend, they had a little squabble, right? Mm-hmm. They, I mean, hopefully their friendship it was lifelong. So, you know, that's easy enough to patch up. But this thing she had with her mother, who apparently abandons her at when she was a small child and yeah. just goes and travels the world, um, sends her postcards. That That's like, a that's a deep, deep hurt. Like, that's deep. It seems like you cannot repair that in a conversation. It, and it just, like, they just dealt with it really quickly. She forgave her because you know, her mom said, you know, I wished I would have been there. But I don't know, man. That's a, that's, that kind of abandonment is, is pretty, that, that's the kind of thing that lifelong trauma is Oh, yeah. And, and she has that new daughter who yeah, sees like Cassie she, as the guardian angel Yeah, like, her. and she, so it's like, well, this, hurtful. Kid, this kid was good enough for you. Like, well, it wasn't, I mean, I don't know. I it's, felt like I felt like the the film didn't take a lot of time. It's almost like that it was, was thrown in as an afterthought. It was tacked on 100%. But to me, of all the relationship things she had to repair, that seemed like the most deepest hurtful Why one. did it take her so long for the Lisa relationship to be repaired and have her name scrub off? I feel like she she fixed the Lisa thing like right away, the roommate. Yeah. Like, sure. like that was done immediately and yet hers took forever whereas like her mom she's like one afternoon boom fixed yeah you're right that should have been a, a to- first of all why do they only give them five days why is there any time frame on it at all <laughs> who is this god and why is he obsessed with time this limits time especially if you're living in in an eternity which is essentially a timeless reality yeah so what does it matter yeah time has no meaning if i don't know honestly honestly confused by that it's too this too, movie this this you can't think too deeply about these things you can't you'll no, just go crazy it didn't address the ontological issues with which we are familiar Dave. <laughs> i don't know what i'm talking about did no. you did you have anything else you really no i no no <laughs> it sounds like you do though. it's just there's so so many questions like can she move the puzzle pieces wouldn't that be scary? A lot of those kind of questions. Like this Coop character, I just thought looked dumb and everything about him was weird. Yeah, he was an odd addition. And kept- can I can I have one other question here? Why is everybody in this film that is sensible British? Is there some kind of weird thing where it's like, okay, we have to have we need people in here that are smart. Is this something to do with like a cultural thing? Like the British people are They're either practical. evil or smarter than you when they have that accent. Well, okay. Hugh Grant, you just you just Britishized Hugh Grant. He came in here dropping wisdom bombs on us. That's true. With, the, with that accent. But the cool boyfriend next door is like British or Australian. I don't know what that guy is. But yeah, 
I don't know. You're right about that. The cookie lady at the cafe, she's yeah. British, and then her handler is British. It's like, interesting yeah. choice. Yep. But I do probably know why that might sort of be, is this was filmed in South Africa That's as well. Cape Town again. Yeah. I had to do some research on why that would be the case. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. How about a scene that didn't need to be in there? This didn't need to be in there. Why, oh, why did they include this scene? All right, here's the scene that I didn't think need to be in there. It's the scene sponsored by Google, where they're sitting at the table, and and do you remember, I think they'd done a puzzle or not, and the, like they're friends now, the ghost, and, and, and she's like, let's have a dance party to Coop's new album. And she just, she says, Google, play Coop. Google, Google, replay, <laughs> Google. Can you replay Coop? Google, what's Coop's latest? Like they said the word Google a hundred thousand <laughs> times, right? And I'm sure it's a product. And they showed the little Google whatever radio a hundred thousand times. And it just yeah. went on forever and didn't need to be in there. And it was clearly that Google just paid them a big old hunk of cash to say the word Google so many times. It took forever. A hundred times they said the word Google. I would think like, hello google would have gotten confused by that and just not understood what they were saying because they said google too many times oh my god it was it was ridiculous i laughed at it at some point because she kept going <laughs> talking about google and they kept showing the radio doing its little thing and then playing these god-awful songs from coop yeah Ugh. yeah anyway that's my scene i forgot about that scene but i should have put that in here uh-huh what is um, your scene well that just my, this isn't my scene, but you reminded me of the when she yells impromptu dr- dance party. Ugh, so stupid! Each and, t- twice it happened. Yeah, and I cringed both times. I think a lot more the second time. But yeah, um, the scene I didn't think needed to be in there was that scene. Do you remember at the end, after you know she kind of has that scene with her mother, and then the mother goes and visits the father. Yeah, you know, so this is relationship is, is presumably has been estranged for like fifteen years, fundamentally estranged, like, yeah, totally estranged. She just goes to his yoga studio. He's as chill as fuck. I've never seen a guy more unfazed by anything than this guy. So whatever he's doing is working yeah. great. Ghosts, ex wives showing up, whatever. Yeah, she just shows up, and he doesn't like. He doesn't have any gripe. He doesn't have any beef. Like you know, no, I had to raise my daughter on her own. She's been heartbroken about you leaving. This yeah. was devastating to everybody, to me. He just says, well, it's not how I thought my life would have worked yeah, out. That's but, when he drops the 80s drummer. Yeah, band. but then turned it completely positive. I'm like, you are the best advertisement for doing yoga that I've ever seen. Because this guy was He could so, be on some serious like anti-anxiety or yeah, he seemed, meds. Yeah, he seemed kind of dead inside, but also... <laughs> Like smiling, like kind of like, <laughs> like a pasted on smile. So it's a yoga thing. He's a guru. He's attained some sort of, you know what it is? Yeah. Okay. I think that this movie was produced by mm-hmm. a non-Judeo-Christian religious group. Okay. To show go. the evils of the Christian heaven and hell dichotomy mm-hmm. and the All problem right. with limbo and the silliness of their, uh, you know, the biblical uh, relationship to time. Um, where things are not cyclical and so what they do is they see this one guy and he's he is the example of the you know the enlightened man yes right because he this rolls off his back and it's all cool he accepts his inevitable mortality yeah 
whereas everyone else is stuck in these completely arbitrary like tasks of you have five days to do this or you're gonna burn in fucking hell or whatever and, we're, <laughs> and like it's terrible yeah and he's just like i'm just rolling with it yeah so no you're he right was, yeah i think that we're supposed to be like oh man this guy's got it together he totally does yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Well, I just didn't think that needed. They didn't need to reconcile those two. I no, mean, it was weird. It, it was weird that they had. To, I think maybe it was just a setup so that she could be there observing her mother in another scene. No, it was somehow. a setup to make me feel bad about wanting to learn the drums. Yeah, the again, whole scene. Was, yeah, it was basically like shaming you in your drum yeah, dream. The world revolves around me. It's solipsism. See, keep, Dave, this is all filled with philosophical ideas. This you, movie. You keep your drum dream. My dream has now become you keeping your drum dream. <laughs> so now you'll be letting me down. See, this is real friendship, down. Dave. I promise, if you die right now, I will throw that couch out in honor of you. <laughs> thank you, thank okay. you, and I won't let your drum dream die. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I wish I was in that scene. I wish I was in that scene. It's really freaking cool. Yeah, really freaking cool. I wish I was in that scene. Don't you? Oh, man. Oh. The the scene. Okay, this is the scene I want to be in. I want to be the the guardian angel when when she dies and wakes up on the couch and the guardian angel woman is there yeah i want to be that guardian angel who's just reviewing the footage of this girl's life mm-hmm. and i want to go through all the footage with her i want to be like hey remember that time? and just like just go through the worst moments of this girl's life to have access to like this video first of all where is the where is god's camera does God have a camera everywhere? Does God have a spy cam in my toilet? What is this God <laughs> filming? Apparently, it has access to every camera angle. And I'd just like to go through someone's life and be like, yeah. here's the craziest shit that you did, man. You're a bad person. See, that would be fun, though, even as the person who has died. Because there's so much... Memory is such an amorphous thing. Yeah. Like, And, and we restructure memories over time to oh, be it's, something yes. that they're not... To, to see that... In real time and on a video. As if it were a video, yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, that's how that actually happened. I remembered that totally different. Oh, yeah. Altered my whole life because I believed it happened this way. See, what what fun. What fun it would be to be be this video scrubber who can just go through someone's life. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be in the scene so I could go through someone's life. Yeah, just and then just do a nice edit at the end of their... (laughs) Turn it, yeah. Turn those, like, whatever, 23 years she had into a one-minute TikTok video. (laughs) That's what I would do. Oh dear lord! Okay. <laughs> what what about you? What scene? Did you well, I handed you a piece of paper. I don't know. Oh, if you have yeah. It. Okay. Here we go. Um, what is this? I I like at the end. Okay. So, you know. So she's she's uh, oddly the the guardian angel puts her hand over things as A and B. And I yeah, was, that, is that above and basement? I didn't know what A and B meant, and I thought it was a uh, foregone conclusion she was going above. Anyway, uh, didn't make any sense. The door is open. She gets okay. on the elevator, and that weird ass guy who I thought was John Mayer for a while. <laughs> John, John Mayer knockoff. Yeah, young John Mayer is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of wanted to be on the elevator as well, but I'm <laughs> like, it's got to go down first because I'm on my way down. Oh, no, you're going to B. So, yeah. So, you know, he says, uh, <laughs> we need to address the elephant in the in yeah. The room. yeah. So I'm hoping you can edit this in. There's a there's a bit of a space for it. Okay. So I'm just going to get you to maybe read uh, Coop. Coop and the girl. I'll read the girl. Okay. okay. So... So this is the actual line from the movie. This is the actual line in the movie, and I'm hoping you can pop me in there. And does he have an accent? You can give him an accent. 
Did he have one though? No, he's just regular American. Oh, fine, I'll just be myself. Funny story. So I was volunteering in a disaster relief area and well, disaster struck again. I was able to save a few people, but I didn't make it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, 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 that's on me. Uh, hi, Marvin Staggleback. Yeah, yeah. Coop was down in the uh, the earthquake church septic tank rescuing orphans, and I accidentally opened the main valve and drowned him in raw sewage. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've been a volunteer clown at the kids' hospital and a firefighter my whole life, uh, but because I killed a celebrity, uh, I'm going straight down. Just unlucky, I guess. I am so sorry. There's worse ways to go. Oh, there sure are. <laughs> um, so maybe I, I, I'm hoping you can pop that in. Hopefully. Well, I just want to know why are the orphans hiding out in the church's septic tank? <laughs> in this scenario, that seems like well, it's probably safer than the basement. Like, how it's did even they get below... in there? Do they flush the orphans? <laughs> There's a nice lid on there. I don't know. There's an access hatch. So they ran out into the yard during the storm, opened the septic hatch, and just started throwing kids in there. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. What a, man, yeah. that's you, some out-of-the-side-of-the-box thinking by these. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. That was... <laughs> well, if you kill a celebrity, moral of the story is there's no... You You're going get, to hell. Yeah, You're going to hell, sure. Dave. Yeah, you went to hell. Yep. Marvin Staggleback is in hell for his... <laughs> last yep. deed his last deed oh my so, god do you have any uh trivia or anything on this nope other than it was filmed in cape town and then i'm just like that's it i can't look anymore up yeah this. i did, didn't either i no, was just gonna no. i was just gonna ask you okay this isn't really trivia so much and i think i've got your read on this so far <laughs> but how do you feel about the afterlife how do you feel and you're not you're a science guy you're not uh -huh. really a religious guy yeah so I'm assuming you don't have like a religious view of the afterlife, but you must have some opinion on this, of there being, is this it? Are we, are we it? Oh, the, is my opinion about other people's opinions or was you asking my no, personal take I'm on the existence? Your, I'm asking you a personal question. Oh, oh. No, this no, we die and that's it. The end. I'm a giant, uh, uh, I don't know what that would be called. Atheist. Okay. Uh, that's the end of it. In spite, you're, you're a big fantasy guy, though. You don't have yeah. any kind of vision of anything. No. No. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Okay. It seems comical to me. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much stuck in the scientism, materialism sort of, um, this is it. I, I did, yeah. That would be my personal take on it. Okay. Which makes life, you know, and then you get into all these lovely moral, moral philosophical questions about why anyone who doesn't believe in redemptive afterlife would uh would act nicely and then yeah, of course but there's a whole line of thought on that right? on ethical that, reasoning is that as it, religion yeah. is necessary for moral act of action yeah, i mean there's there's all this existentialism stuff and so like i don't want to get into all of that but all i can say is like you can you can not believe in an afterlife and live a very moral and ethical life because i'm not a psychopath dave i don't have a bunch of like dead orphans in my septic tank out front i exactly i generally generally don't kill uh children very so you, often and, you, and, so, and you're sinking it all into this life you're this is because this is what you got this is what you got believe so. it or not I believe that life is only you get it the one time, and yet I somehow choose to do this podcast with you on my Sunday afternoon, knowing know, that life we've, is... we've wasted so much time doing this. Yeah, and yet here I am. Yet Apparently, <laughs> I value this so much, knowing that I'm going to be dead soon for all eternity, yeah. and here I am 
talking about this movie with you. There appears to be some gaping holes in your personal ontology as well. (laughs) What about you? Are you an afterlife guy? I am not an afterlife guy in the terms of like, oh yeah, my consciousness as I know it is going to like wander off into a technicolor world of flowers with my (laughs) dream crush guy. You're not going to be boning Coop in the afterlife? No, no. As much as we'd all love to, but no, mine is, my vision of it is, you know, it is like a uh, an energy thing to me. It's like, okay, well, well, energy cannot be destroyed. It gets just transferred into something else. And our mm-hmm. consciousness is, in an essence, some kind of energy, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just like electrical snaps here and there and synapses. So that has to go somewhere. Uh-huh. So I just feel like an afterlife is you become part of a timeless ball of energy that has no beginning and end. And that's not a consciousness thing. And so there's no like land of milk and honey but there's is there any you, you, you left on, is there any you left in this scenario is your consciousness the, a singular entity that can contemplate its own existence still or have you just uh, there is no more you this is the question i but, don't think i don't think yeah the you that is what is you is so confined by the confines of this meat skirt you're in that <laughs> meat skirt no less <laughs> you know what i mean like I it's so can but but once it's once that energy is released you know i don't know Mm. what what you know we're we're confined by linear time we're confined by like corporal bodies we're confined by like uh you know the the spectrum that we can see see and we the sense perception we can get but what mm. if this energy that we're that is in us uh-huh. is those bounds are taken off i don't know is is consciousness can exist beyond a body i don't know is the consciousness a singular thing do you subscribe to the sort of Pan, I forget the name exactly, uh, this idea of consciousness uh, existing in all uh, things? I think it does. I think it's just, it's like a, it's like a vibrational frequency thing that's, it's like energy exists in all things. It just takes different forms and I was, everything. I just read, strangely enough, Dave, I don't know why we're talking about this uh, on the podcast, but like I was just reading the, you know, the, um, the online dictionary of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget where it's through one of the Stanford, I think Yeah, uh, I was just uh, on this pan psychicism. I don't, can't remember the right term, but anyway, it, it's the problem of how do you deal with consciousness? If it exists in all things, mm-hmm. like, like every atom has consciousness or whatever. And then you have certain challenges to this idea. And one of them being this stackability issue. Like if, if every piece of material that makes up Dave itself has its own consciousness, how does that then create a single consciousness of Dave that you can self-identify as being self-aware? Like, do you break apart into smaller consciousnesses themselves that are aware of your Daveness? Like, how does it, you know what I mean? How yeah. do all of those things combine to create this sense of you that you have? It's true. And yeah. so, you know what I mean? Like, if you die, do they all then just dissipate and then retain their individual consciousnesses? At which point, what happens to that, which was Dave as a singular consciousness? Anyway, I don't understand this subject, but I love it. <laughs> um, and it's um, it's a really interesting part of philosophy, This yeah. uh, the philosophy of consciousness. and yeah, And that really is what we're talking about when we're talking about an afterlife. Because I think the energy thing is good, and it does sound like it. It'll be true regardless of your stance on the existence of consciousness yeah. because energy is not destroyed. Um, but this question really is about like, will I still retain my memory of myself uh, or my ability to plan for the future? Or will I have that feeling of singularity to my own consciousness that exists forever in some, in some yeah. way? 
Well, that's a tricky one. And I, I thought about this on the way over here. I was thinking, well, if you die, perhaps what this eternal thing is, is a, a, is, is a photograph of your consciousness at the moment you're you know, your biological body stops doing the things that keep it oh, alive. This is the lovely concept of what is death, right? And when, because like, there is no moment of death. There is the slow winking out of the neurons in your brains as they, as they lose access to oxygen and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So like, this is what, this is what I find fascinating about people's idea of what consciousness is, which is if you take, if you have your brain, it depends on where you think consciousness is from. If it, if your brain creates it, right? It's a, mm -hmm. it's a byproduct of thinking and cognition. That means that you should be able to kill each individual neuron one by one mm -hmm. until consciousness dissipates and winks out of existence. Right. So a snapshot wouldn't work in the sense that like, which version of your dying brain is it a snapshot of? Exactly. Because there's always so many active neurons at any given moment that, yeah. that, 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 that it's not a singular thing right so yeah. it would yeah it would be like a decaying snapshot <laughs> right right or exactly exactly yeah like more of a slow moving film that just winks into blackness going from one thing to yeah you know. i always love that the question of like when people picture themselves in in heaven like at what point in your life does your uh, if it's a snapshot of your brain which creates consciousness like is it when you were 25 or like let's say you live to 105 and you're all like you have advanced stage alzheimer's and you can't walk anymore and you're you know is that what survives heaven or is it a snapshot of an earlier version of you but then do you retain memories but then like you said what is a memory how does a memory form it's not a thing in one single area of the brain it's spread across the brain and it changes over time and yeah, and that's troublesome if you retain the conscious if you retain yourself as you are and you put that in a timeless eternal space where there's no timeline of before and after yeah. and there is no direction. Yeah. That that's a recipe for insanity really. That's not a that's not a recipe for eternal like bliss. It is. I think I think what it is I was I always felt this for years is like that the body has this way of at the moment of or at the point of death of releasing these neurochemicals into the brain that give you that same feeling of bliss or awe that you have when people talk about religious experiences or psychedelic experiences where you feel that interconnectedness with everything mm -hmm. and the body that's its last gift to you is it triggers this moment of like connectedness and bliss and that is how your consciousness if it's a if it continues at all it it's becomes timeless because for you time stops so now you're in this timeless space of bliss but what if you fall in the bathroom and hit your head on a japanese toilet in yeah, your last the <laughs> moment <laughs> then, yeah your last thought is fuck and then Jesus you hear that song Christ. forevermore that's yeah. So, so in a, in a, in effect, maybe what this film should have been about is her going back and correcting the manner the of the moment death. of her death, so that she's really she gets these bliss endorphins released in her brain that doesn't involve a Japanese toilet. Yeah, so her reality becomes moving forward or stuck in this moment of time <laughs> or whatever you however you want to think about it is her and Coop walking into a field yeah. of flowers, and as opposed to like you know seeing the tile coming rushing up at your <laughs> face and mascara spreading all over the toilet seat you know yeah, that sort of thing yeah so, yeah well, anyway they, that well, was that was not trivia but nope nope it was nor was it trivial we had <laughs> some deep discussions there i think um 
Yeah, well, I think we solved both consciousness and the afterlife in yes. that one. And would you recommend this to anybody you'd like Only to Only if you're having an existential midlife crisis and or want to consider the nature of the afterlife, Judeo-Christian uh, ontological uh, mechanics, or um, consciousness, yeah. Yeah. Any of those three scenarios. If you want to be a drummer and you're over the age of 40, watch Do- this, be humiliated, and then go have a couple shots of vodka. Yeah, go spend your money on, I don't know, a, a, a motorcycle or something instead. I'll have a proper midlife crisis. Yeah, just nope. do it right for the love of God. Yeah, don't buy an electronic drum set and join a freaking Hollow Notes cover band. Yeah. Ugh. For sure. <laughs> electric drum <laughs> Hollow Notes cover band. Uh, so. Yeah. Oh, we got to figure out what we're watching that week. Yeah. While you're looking it up, I'm just going to say I'm not going to recommend this to anybody. I yeah. thought this was just, yeah, it was just content film. It was yeah. just content. No, it's, you know what, it's, it, it actually isn't too terrible. It it's actually it's relatively harmless. Yeah, compared to what we've been watching in the last five or four or five weeks, this has been just harmless. This has just been okay. This has been like yeah. the background music that's playing in the elevator when they go to heaven. It's just like, it's just there and just, you know, that's it. Yeah, no, it, it's not bad. And again, I like the main, the, the the both of the main actors were fine, but I really like the 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 one who played the uh, who was in the other show that I, I saw there. Yeah, or, yeah, I can't remember any of the words. But um, here, here's the number one show. It's called Kate. Kate. And I know this because I have a <laughs> I have a group of friends that gets together to watch random netflix shows and this is the one we're watching for next week anyway so i'm doing double duty i can watch this good for you yeah and this i know a little bit about what it's about and i've already seen the rotten tomatoes rating and it is going to be i think what's the problem word a shit show but at least it's not a team ron a team zoomer rom-com great yeah i need a break from those Please. But there's a lot of death. So if we're if we right. haven't cracked this afterlife thing this week, yeah, I'll put some thought into it. See if we can figure out what happens after you die before we will, next week. <laughs> okay. All well, right. That's, that's an attainable goal. Yeah. Come back with some thoughts on paper. <laughs> right on. All right. Okay. Well. So See you. bye. See you next time. <laughs> if you enjoyed the show please give us a rating and maybe a review on the Apple Podcast Store. This is the number one thing you could do to help out the show, strangely enough. And it's simple and it's easy and you can do it right now. If you have an advice question that you think Dave and I can help you with, write us at whyarepeoplewatchingthis at gmail.com with your question and uh, we will answer it in our bonus mini episode, which will be released each week, um, called Dave and Justin Have Some Thoughts, where we offer expert advice, um, sort of. Why Are People Watching This is hosted and produced by me, Justin Gregg, and Dave Lawrence. The silly theme music you hear is written and recorded by me with help from my amazing and talented wife. Why Are People Watching This is a production of Outside the Lines Press with support from the Black Box Collective and Anaganish Improv.